This is the More Than Right Podcast, an independent view of politics and American culture. I'm your host, Steve Lopez. President Joe Biden was vacationing, again, back home in Delaware, when he and an entourage of Secret Service went for a bike ride. You've certainly seen the video footage by now of our septuagenarian chief executive riding up to say a few words to the press and promptly falling over. It marked an escape from his usual fall while climbing the long stairway to Air Force One. That's when a headline from the Atlantic magazine began circulating online, which read, The Heroism of Biden's Bike Fall. The subhead was the attention grabber. The president gracefully illustrated an important lesson for all Americans. When we fall, we must get up. It went viral, of course, accompanied with the understandable ridicule such press fawning engenders from a public reeling under the weight of obscenely high inflation, never-before-seen gas prices, and the kind of reckless nuclear brinksmanship with Russia not seen since the days of the Cold War. But it turns out the headline was fake. Until very recently, it was hard to tell. Just a few months ago, the press kept insisting Americans were more united than ever under the kumbaya-inspiring Biden presidency. But we now know the Atlantic headline is fake because of Biden's current and profound unpopularity, which threatens the electoral hopes of Democrats this coming November and beyond. And a usual sycophant press is making it clear that it's time for Democrats to move beyond the feeble-minded Biden, including the folks at the Atlantic magazine. The Atlantic's Mark Leibovich recently wrote, quote, Let me put this bluntly. Joe Biden should not run for re-election in 2024. He is too old. Unquote. Leibovich says advisors to the administration have told him privately that, quote, Biden is coping fine. You know, despite the 8.6% inflation, his depressed approval ratings, his vice president's worse approval ratings, the looming wipeout in the midterms. But here's another recurring theme I keep hearing notably from people predisposed to liking the president. He just seems old, one senior advisor told me at a social function a few weeks ago, unquote. That's all nonsense. Biden was showing signs of mental and physical deterioration all through the 2020 presidential campaign, which is why he spent so much of it hiding in his Delaware basement. The press, now abandoning him, were his chief enablers throughout that long, hot summer. Americans should remember how the press described Biden's many gaffes as folksy, heartwarming expressions of his authenticity. Now reports saying White House staffers are in a constant cleanup campaign after the president issues one of his folksy, off-the-cuff verbal blunders. But Biden's being an empty vessel has presented opportunities for the more progressive partisans near him. It's believed the real power behind the Biden presidency is White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain, and many Democrats blame the radical progressive woke for the party's current woes. In a recent special election in South Texas, a heavily Democratic district elected a Republican to fill its empty House seat, 
the 34th Congressional District has had a Democrat in the U.S. House of Representatives since 1872. Oh, and that Republican is Myra Flores, a Mexican-born naturalized American citizen. Quote, For over a hundred years we have been taken for granted, Flores told a group of her supporters. I will show you what real representation looks like. I will represent all people. Unquote. And what you ask? Was the central, hot-button political issue in her heavily Hispanic district? Illegal immigration, just like everywhere else in America. It appears obsessing over culture war issues, like the use of personal pronouns, introducing underage schoolchildren to drag queen story hour and the glories of alternative sexual lifestyles, and the persecution of those of religious faith, aren't winning the hearts and minds of America's steadfastly normal. None other than Hillary Clinton spoke out on the self-destructive nature of woke progressivism. Speaking with NBC's Willie Geist, Clinton said, quote, I think that it is time for some careful thinking about what wins elections, and not just in the deep blue districts where a Democrat and a liberal Democrat or so-called progressive Democrat is going to win. I understand why people want to argue for their priorities. That's what they believe they were elected to do. But at the end of the day, it means nothing if we don't have a Congress that can get things done, and we don't have a White House that we can count on to be sane and sober and stable and productive, unquote. In other words, Clinton is telling Democrats to stop talking and acting crazy, at least until they're elected and her crack about having a sane and sober president in the White House is a clear dig at Biden, which means she does not expect he'll seek a second term. By inference, she humbly presents herself as being highly proficient at concealing her mad delirium, thus making her the ideal presidential candidate to lead a coalition of quietly crazy Democrats in 2024. We are often told to beware of the quiet ones, those who silently observe us at parties while leaning against a wall, those taking mental notes of our strengths and, more importantly, our weaknesses, the quiet ones who study our body language for clues as to what makes us tick. Dr. Stanton E. Samenow writes about such folks in Psychology Today. Quote, they are secretive individuals who do not want others to know them. They may be highly intelligent, achieve high grades in school, and even obtain responsible positions that draw on their talents. These people lack empathy and rarely put themselves in the place of others. Determined to prevail in any situation, they are uncompromising. They see themselves as special and look with contempt upon others whom they do not think are as gifted as they." Unquote. What Dr. Samenow describes are the telltale attributes of the quiet loner, or mass shooter. Of course, I'm not suggesting that Hillary Clinton is a mass shooter in waiting, although it is strange that more than a few associates of hers and husband Bill have cast off the mortal coil with such frequency over the years. But I digress. What Hillary suggests is for Democrats to emulate the basic traits of your average psychopath, those who act normal, so as to better blend into polite society and, more importantly, gain people's trust. These are the same progressives 
who ran a dementia patient for president in 2020 and now use him as a sock puppet to sell their weird and creepy culture war agenda, an agenda that includes moving our wealthy industrial economy away from sustainable fossil fuels to unsustainable and unreliable wind and solar energy. These are the same progressives that tell us to buy overpriced electric cars that require power plants to burn 70 pounds of coal to generate enough electricity to charge just one electric vehicle. But never forget that actions speak louder than words, and the actions of Democrats can be found in the return of runaway inflation, runaway high gas prices, high crime, and the overall misery of the nation. The lesson here is simple. In the coming months and years, beware of the quiet ones, and in particular, quiet Democrats. The secret experiment was a great success and officials in Washington needed to know immediately. But the nation was at war with Nazi Germany and the Empire of Japan, and so it was risky relaying the good news over an unsecured telephone line. And so the men spoke in code. The Italian navigator arrived at the shores of the New World, said Arthur Compton, director of the Manhattan Project's meteorological lab. How are the natives? asked James Conant of the National Defense Research Committee in Washington. Very friendly, Compton replied. The Italian navigator in question was Nobel-winning physicist Enrico Fermi. He had just successfully triggered the world's first sustained nuclear chain reaction in his laboratory under the squash court at the University of Chicago. It was an important first step in the development of the atomic bomb. Fermi once described a miracle as an occurrence with a probability of less than 20%, and so he found it miraculous that our relatively young planet, floating in an outer spiral arm of our Milky Way galaxy, had yet to receive visitors from the millions of older planets and likely civilizations that must exist within our galactic neighborhood. Where is everybody? Fermi asked fellow scientists in 1950. Humans could theoretically colonize the galaxy in a million years or so, and if they could, astronauts from other civilizations could do the same. So why haven't they come to Earth? The question is known as the Fermi Paradox. Where are they indeed? Some posit that the vast distances between the stars is what prevents such visitations. Others suggest that if Earth is being visited by extraterrestrials, they're coming in craft that are more likely time machines than conventional fuel-propelled conveyances, but that presents other problems. Devotees of science and science fiction are familiar with the Einstein-Rosenbridge theory of warped space-time. The effect forms a tunnel or wormhole to shorten the vast distance between two stars, and many physicists say if it could be achieved, the wormhole would be unstable and quickly collapse. A negative force, yet unknown, would be required to maintain its constancy. If first contact is ever achieved, 
many believe it will come in the form of a radio signal, like the deep space frequency received on August 15, 1977, the one designated 6EQUJ5, known more popularly as the WOW signal. It was detected near the frequency 1420.40575 MHz, the radio emission given off by hydrogen, the most plentiful element in the universe. It was detected by the Big Ear Radio Telescope at the Ohio State Radio Observatory. The WOW signal was never detected again and was later dismissed as residual hydrogen emissions by two comets known to have passed through that region of the sky at the time the signal was detected. Recently, however, China announced its Heavenly Eye Radio Telescope, the largest in the world, detected artificial signals from deep space. The Cosmology and Extraterrestrial Civilization Research Group of Beijing's Normal University says they found, quote, several possible technical traces and candidate signals for extraterrestrial civilizations from beyond Earth, unquote. The director of China's search for extraterrestrial life, Dr. Zhang Tongji, says, quote, We look forward to the Chinese heavenly eye being the first to discover and confirm the existence of extraterrestrial civilizations, unquote. Dr. Tongji has put his program, career, and maybe life on the line by making such a bold promise. And he's not the only Chinese researcher prone to making audacious claims. For example, a study found four out of ten Chinese research papers are filled with phony data designed to impress the nation's communist authorities. Beijing likes the prestige scientific discoveries brings their brutal regime. And that begs the question, are Dr. Tongji's findings real or designed to impress his totalitarian overlords? But that should also cause us to ask another question of ourselves. If an advanced extraterrestrial civilization ever visited our planet, would they view us overly trusting earthlings as deserving the same contempt and authoritarian shepherding as China does its own people, and by extension, the world? In other words, we don't need to aim radio telescopes into the night sky to find intelligent enemies of humankind. Where are they? Well, China is proof they're right here on Earth. That concludes this edition of the More Than Right podcast. If you wish to make a comment, you can contact the show at morethanrightpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Steve Lopez. <laughs>